Okay, now this is, you know, this is the most confusing thing. I went with the two-camera setup today, and I guess this is what I get for it. Dysfunctional, just like the Saints offense. So let's jump into it, guys. Let's talk about this thing. I'm going to have to redo my intro, so if you bear with me for just two minutes, we'll get everything started up again. So just two minutes, we're going to start it. So this was the most embarrassing loss of the season. I think it kind of lets us talk about the coaching staff. Should they get fired? Should they clean house? So let's jump into all of that. And then we'll just start ranting and raving and not much raving. We're literally more ranting, to be honest, about this Saints offense. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. As I said before, guys, as always, this Straight Up Saints podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook and Birdsall Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boo Crew Media. And right now, this has to be the most disappointing end to a season I've seen in a long time has nothing to do with expectations has nothing to do with you know wanting to finish the season on a strong note it's just the fact that the Saints ended this year in a manner that we've seen play out day in day out week in week out and that's just disappointment right the Saints coming into this season yeah sure we thought they'd be 10 and 7 or maybe around that range scrap that all out the window the problem I have is you watch today's game and the Saints lost to a team that had a quarterback who had 43 passing yards and two interceptions. 43 passing yards, two interceptions, and they lost that game. It doesn't seem like it should be physically possible. It doesn't seem like a team that has 43 passing yards should win an NFL game in today's era of throwing the football, and yet the Saints found a way. Why? Because the Saints coach scared. They play not to lose, and the reality is every time they play not to lose, they end up losing anyway, and I think this is just another reminder for us that the Saints are going to have to make major changes in the offseason. Major changes. I mean, this is a team that doesn't really have a great identity on offense. They like to play an ugly style of football, but that really only works when you're winning games and they've lost more than they've won this year. And for the life of me, and I'm sure you guys talked about it before, and I'll have to go up into the chat to check it. The Saints had a scenario play out in the first half where it perfectly summed up the season. Taysom Hill's wide open for a touchdown. He doesn't get the ball on the very next play. They miss a field goal. And to put that into perspective, and I think this is a big problem that the Saints have under Dennis Allen, they don't put teams away. When they have a chance to bury their opponent, they never do it. They never do it. Instead, it ends up being a case where they let them linger, and in some cases they linger too often, and they end up losing. And I think about the end of the first half. In Carolina territory, they had a fumble from Chris Olave. They had a turnover on Dallas at the 26, and they also had a missed field goal from the 26. You're not going to win a lot of games when you play in that fashion, when you're not scoring in enemy territory. And I think that's something that New Orleans has done all season long. Go look at the Eagles game. If Marshawn Lattimore doesn't get a pick six, they probably lose that. Go look at the Falcons game. If Drake London doesn't fumble the football, they probably lose that. So, the games they've won this year, yeah, they've gotten breaks and football's a little bit of luck. I get that, but I'm tired of seeing the same thing. And I feel like I'm wasting my breath because I don't think the Saints are going to move on from Dennis Allen. I don't. So I almost kind of take that energy and I redirect it towards saying the Saints better have a new quarterback room and the Saints better have a new offensive coordinator next season. And I don't know if they will. I really don't. But I'd imagine at the bare minimum, they got to make some changes to the offensive staff because if you're going to play ugly and you're going to win games on defense, you got to have some type of respectable offense. They scored seven points today, and it all happened on the opening drive. Seven points. And 
I'm just, I'm really, really tired of it. I see a lot of people making excuses for DA on Twitter. I don't get it. What would be your justification for bringing back Dennis Allen? The Saints didn't win a lot of games under him this year. They didn't really build an identity under him this year. They didn't exactly play a smart brand of football this year. They're not the type of roster that is young and has this room to grow for the next 10, 15 years. They're not that. They're a team that's not that talented anymore relative to what they were three years ago, and they're aging. So is DA the guy you want to rebuild around? I sure as hell don't think that's the case. So look, the Saints will probably bring him back. I'm probably wasting my energy right now, but I'm seriously tired of it. I see so much so much excuse-making on Twitter, people carrying his water. DA is who he is. He is a good defensive coordinator. He's a good defensive coordinator. I would say he's a great defensive coordinator. But his best season as a head coach was this year at 7-10. and 10. Remember, 4-12 and 12 with the Raiders, 4-12 and 12 with the Raiders, 0-4, and, and then they said, get out of here. And 7-10 and 10 for a first-year head coach would be respectable, but he's not a first-year head coach. 7-10 and 10 would be a respectable record for a coach that is going into an uneven situation and saying, okay, let's see if I can fix this. That wasn't the case for D.A. D.A. was brought in to keep this the ship steering. Sean Payton took his hand off the wheel, said, you take care of it. And the car crashed pretty quick. So that's my other problem. And my biggest issue with this entire D.A. thing is this. I look around the league and I see teams admit their mistake, get off of their mistake, and some of them continue to make mistakes because it's the NFL, right? There's going to be some franchises that can't figure it out. The Texans would be one that comes to mind. But look at the Giants, what the Giants have done with Brian Dayball this year. And they don't even have a good roster, right? So if you're telling me, well, some of these teams have franchise quarterbacks and great rosters, and that's why their coaches are doing well, they're not. They're just not. Brian Dayball's got a roster that has Daniel Jones as his quarterback, doesn't have a lot of wide receivers. Their top wide receiver is Isaiah Hodgins, which some of you probably just sat there and went, who? That's what they're working with. And they are a playoff team. They're the sixth seed in the NFC. I'll go a step further. The Jacksonville Jaguars were the worst team in the league last year. They got rid of Urban Meyer. They brought in Doug Peterson, and they won the division. And Doug Peterson was a guy that was linked to the Saints, and some fans didn't want him for some reason, even though he's won a Super Bowl. He made Carson Wentz look like an MVP. Coaching matters in this league. It matters more than it does in any other league because you can't get around bad coaching. You could sometimes get your way around bad quarterback play. You can definitely get your way around a bad defense. The Chiefs do it every single year with Patrick Mahomes. You cannot escape bad coaching. If you have a bad coach team, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass, and it's done it for the Saints. So that's how I'll open this. That's how I'll open this show. I'm tired of the excuse making. The Saints want to bring back DA? Sure. Like, I know they're going to do it anyway. I'm just wasting my breath. But you better make so many changes that when next season ends, if your team's bad, there's going to be one common denominator. And it's going to be that Dennis Allen was the head coach for those two seasons that went poorly. And once you get down to that, you could say, okay, let's move in a different direction. And we'll all be better for it. And I'm not trying to rip DA. I got nothing against DA. But they lose in the same manner. So either you step up to the plate and say, hey, I need a new offensive coordinator. I need a new coach, uh, new quarterback. Or... Just sit there and just take it the way it is. But this is so frustrating to me to lose a game where the, the other team had 43 yards. I pulled up the first half numbers. It was wild to me. First half numbers, 
234 yards for the Saints total offense, 60 for the Panthers. 17 minutes time of possession, 13 for the Panthers. The Saints had seven points to show for it. And then it got worse somehow. And in a game where I thought Alvin Kamara looked fantastic, and I'll talk about him in a minute, the two kind of things that I'm left with as I sit here thinking about this game are two things. I think about DA and this offensive staff doing what they do best, which is wet the bed in the red zone. And then I think about how Marcus Davenport's final potential final game as a member of the Saints, he got ejected. And just like a lot of things with Marcus Davenport, even the fight wasn't that exciting. So that's, that's what I'm left with, man. And I had a lot of positives to talk about today. I did. I had a lot. I was thinking about Alvin Kamara playing well. Thinking about the defense doing what they've been doing for the last five, six weeks. But I got this, this nasty taste in my mouth from watching an offense that scored seven points. It's, it's embarrassing. But I'm sure they'll run a lot of things back. I'm sure DA will be back. I'm sure they'll bring back Andy Dalton. I, I almost feel like that's a safe bet at this point. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. So before I get into your comments, I'm sure you guys have a lot of stuff. It's going to be our last uh, post-game live stream of the year, which is kind of sad. I mean, we're happy the season's over. It's been a terrible season, but it's been fun chatting it up with you guys. Some things I want to talk about. And this actually, it's a good thing, but then it goes back to also being a bad thing. Alvin Kamara looked like the Alvin Kamara of old today. Watching this game, the way he played against the Panthers, they got him outside. Um, I, I thought this year they ran him in the tackles so many times. They didn't do that as much today. And when they did, it was in smart situations. 23 carries for 107 yards. He was great. And it's just a reminder to me, the Saints coaching staff this year has ran things so poorly that they made you almost think that Alvin Kamara was just another guy because that's what they used him like, just another guy. And I hope that if the Saints get a new OC in the building, get a new mind in there to shake it up, they'll get the offense on track. But right now, all I know is that this isn't cutting it. And this was another reminder. AK showed people for the last three, four games, he's still that dude if you use him the right way. But they didn't. But I still want to give AK a shout out. I thought Alvin Kamara was phenomenal. And that's, that's kind of where I'll leave it at with positives. I wanted to say good stuff about Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid, And I'm sure the time will come. They had great rookie seasons. But this passing game, just there was nothing in the second half. And maybe that's offensive play calling. Maybe that is quarterback play. I, I don't know who we want to put all the blame on. But those rookies did their thing again. It's just a shame that with the first half starting so promising, that's where I left it at. You know, I'm putting out my notes for this for the podcast, and I'm sitting there in the second half. I'm like, there's nothing good for me to talk about. Nothing. Uh, but that that's where I left with offense. Defensively speaking, I thought Tyron Matthew, again, another interception. He finished the second half of the season on a high where if we want to redirect any type of frustration towards a free agency signing the Saints had this year, it would all be towards Marcus May. I thought Marcus May did a terrible job of being a good return on the Saints' investment. Didn't play as much as they needed him to. Didn't make a lot of impact plays. Tyron Matthew, on the other hand, we could say whatever we want. He was there for all 17 games being healthy. He gave them good leadership. He didn't quit when this things got tough. And honestly, over the last five weeks, if you want to talk about why the Saints defense started playing better, Tyron Matthew wasn't giving up a lot of big plays. He was playing sharp football. So I thought Honey Badger finished the season on a strong note. I thought Daniel Sorensen turned into a playmaker towards the last couple of weeks, which was funny to me because no one really expected that. So I'll give my props to the two former Kansas City Chiefs safeties. They played well towards the end of the year. But, man, this is tough. 
and I'll, I'll mention his name before I get to live chat. I'm sure someone brought it up. Can we have a discussion about Will Lutz? I, I love all the contributions Will Lutz brought for the Saints, but the Saints would be foolish to not go into next season without a, a, a kicking competition. There has to be another kicker brought into the building, and you need to make sure if Will Lutz is your starter, he earned the job, not because he was the only guy competing for the job. He needs to earn the job. I, again, nothing but respect for Will Lutz, but he's missed a lot of big kicks this year. He is not the same kicker he once was. And sure, you know, he's coming off a major surgery. That happens. But it's very frustrating that this is how it played out. So I really do hope that the Saints bring in another kicker. I don't care if it's via the draft. I don't care if it's via free agency, just getting another vet on a smaller roster slash contract to bring him in. Vet minimum, I don't care. Bring in another kicker. They could use the competition. So that's where I'll end my opening rants. I had a bunch. Let's get into what you guys had to say because that's really all that matters right now. So I'll get into your comments pre uh, my audio technical difficulties here, which was just a fitting way for me to end the season right as well, right? No one being able to hear what I had to say uh, as I started ranting about this team. So let's get into this one and see what they had. Boy, they gave that one away. Andy Dalton has to go when you let Sam Darnold beat you. This is probably the worst loss of the season. Weak offensive play calling. They had control of the game and just stupid play calling. Honestly, the coaches, uh, let's see, coaches acted like they were just ready to get it over with. Yeah, I think like this this game, the way it just shaped out, in case you needed another reminder that this is not the staff that's going to bring the Saints a Lombardi trophy, like this was just one more. One more for you, right? 40 passing yards. Saints defense was forcing turnovers getting good push from the defensive line in terms of getting after the quarterback. 10 to 7? 10 to 7. If, if there were any implications, I'd probably be furious today. I'm in between laughing at this is how the season ended and almost like just putting my head down and being like, dude, we got to go through another season of this because I am under the belief that DA will be back. But I'm sure as I go through the comments... It's going to be a lot of you guys talking about D.A. not being uh, back as a Saints head coach and why he shouldn't be brought back. And, and I agree with all of you. I want to make that very clear. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be afraid to kind of teeter on that line as to whether or not they say D.A. should be back. And I get it, right? People don't want to get other people's feelings hurt. There are relationships professionally that don't want to get mended. I, I'm, I'm the type of guy that's just, I'm going to say how I feel it. And I just... Don't think this guy is a good head coach. And and I, I think the world of him as a defensive play caller, I really do. But you're not in the business of having a good defensive play caller. You're in the business of having a good head coach, a good leader of men. I don't really care for this in terms of what they've done this year. It's It's been disappointing. We literally just held an NFL quarterback not named Tim Tebow to under 50 yards and lost. Yep. I like the little Tim Tebow throw in that you had there. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of just in putting into perspective how – Weird a loss this is. Because I think back then, maybe 15, 20 years ago, there might be games where a quarterback has under 100 passing yards and you still might squeak out a win, whether it's your run game being great or your defense being great or even special teams. Maybe you get a return or two. In 2023, there should never be this circumstance. Especially when it's Sam Darnold, dude. When it's like, if it's like Mahomes, you can convince me that like they ran an end around with Kadarius Tony for a, 60 yards and McKinnon got it going and um you know Isaiah Pacheco got it going or if you tell me 
you know, you look around the league, the, the, the Titans won a game with 80 passing yards. I'd say, sure, Derrick Henry probably had 200 rushing yards. You can't tell me that the Panthers or Sam Darnold had 43 passing yards and won a game. I'll just laugh. What happened? I don't know how anyone could defend Dennis Allen anymore, but yet there are there are there are there on Twitter telling me he's only responsible for defense. Yeah, I, I saw that too, and I want to bring that up, right? Like, if your argument for defending DA is, well, the defense has been good, cool. When you get promoted to the big boys chair, you are not responsible for just the defense. You're responsible for all three phases. And let's just call it what it is. Three phases for the Saints suck. The offense isn't good. The special teams is definitely not good. And yeah, the defense has been good, particularly towards the end of the season. And I give DA credit for that. Just like I say, I blame him for a lot of things because he's the head coach. That's where it falls in. I give him credit for the defense being good. But he's no longer in charge of just the defense. When you get promoted, you get more responsibilities. When you get more responsibilities, it's on you to figure it out. And DA didn't. And sure, the Saints will bring him back for another year. But if he doesn't figure it out again next year, I don't want to hear anything from anyone about what this guy does and doesn't deserve because if we're being honest he doesn't deserve another year he'll get one but he doesn't deserve another year meanwhile the texans are blowing up the tank looks like the colts will have the number one pick i saw i saw the texans sneaking out that win see this is i'm going to use the texans as an example for why i'm i'm kind of over people defending da I, i have a problem with people telling me that the thing for da that sits well is the team never gave up on him. The Texans never gave up on Lovey Smith. Should he be back as their head coach next year? No. It's just saying that grown men didn't quit on their job that they're getting paid to do and giving that as credit to DA, I just feel like it's a weak thing out. So I, that's where I'm at. I, like That's the only thing you can hang your hat on is they didn't quit and they won a bunch of meaningless games against bad opponents and the Eagles who didn't have Jalen Hurts. whoop de doo what do you do? Like that's that's where I'm at with all this. I really, I think it's just a lame excuse for this point for us to do. Michael says, honestly, DA is a terrible head coach, but we can't overlook at how good the defense has been for the most part of the season. Would love a new head coach in OC, but wouldn't mind DA defensive coordinator. Well, I, I gotta be me right. You wouldn't mind someone like DA as a defensive coordinator, and I I think like that's where people are worried, right? If you fire DA. You're bringing in a whole new staff. You're saying goodbye to the Dennis Allen-led defense, which has been good since 2017. So I get that. Like, that, that is a concern. But for me, that defense that we came to know and love, they're getting older. Like, Demario Davis is getting older. Cam Jordan's getting older. Anya Mata's getting older. Davenport's not producing. So, yeah, Lattimore's fantastic. And Demario's still a good player. And Pete Werner is balling out. But, like, if, if we're being truthful with each other, the Saints defense that we fell in love with, a lot of them are either not on this roster anymore, Marcus Williams, Trey Hendrickson, or they're guys that are just getting really old and in a year or two from now, they're not going to really be sustainable playmakers in the NFL. So it's it's a very difficult line to figure out, but I think that the, the risk-reward thing, the reward's so much greater. The risk is you lose a defense that's been great. I get that. The reward is you find your head coach that you can lean on for the next 10, 15 years like you did with Sean Payton, and that's the hope in the NFL. So I think it's worth it. I think there's no doubt in my mind that the Saints have to move on. Now, I I think – let me go up here. I'll get to the super chat first, uh, and then we'll get right back to the other comments. Uh, Thank you again, my man, for for sending that. That's really, really generous of you. Uh, Zeke says, 
Mickey, uh, Mickey's too loyal to his guys. Might need to go. I don't see how DA figures it out in year 4.25 as a head coach in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. First off, again, thank you uh, for the super chat. I don't get th- – this is my problem. You can sell me on first-year head coaches trying to learn the ropes, but there were times this year where, like, you watch DA as a head coach and you're like, all right, like, he doesn't look like he knows what's going on, but that shouldn't be the case, right? Because as you said, he coached three seasons with the Raiders. Now, it's two full seasons and four games of another, but he got, if my math serves me correct, 36 games as the head coach of the Raiders. He got an interim coach experience with the Saints last year, and now you just got a full 17-game slate with the Saints. So he's coached 54 games in his career. That's my quick math. I hope it's not that bad. Maybe it's not, but that's where I'm at. I just don't see how we can give them that pass. And I'll go a step further. Even the time he was the interim coach, they won the game. What was it like nine to three or something? Nine, nothing. What was the game? Nine, nothing. I think so. I think like for Dennis Allen, his MO is if you're going to win, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be ugly. And you just get by. That's not sustainable in today's NFL. The games that they were winning, 20 to 10. Uh, you look at the even the Raiders game. That was dominant, but they were dominant in the first half and then did nothing in the second half. Like There really hasn't been a lot of moments where I was impressed with this team. So I would like to see the Saints obviously make wholesale changes. I don't expect them to make wholesale changes, but we'll see what happens nonetheless. So let's get back into what you guys had to say. Um, I think that, as you can see, I'm in the, in the group where I think that the Saints should be moving on from D.A., but there's going to be a lot of people tomorrow, I promise you, that are going to get on their high horse and tell you that he should get one more year and he deserves another year. It's stupid, but there'll be people that say it. So let's get into other comments here. He says, what are your thoughts on losing MT? I'm going to put it as blunt as possible. I love Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas in his prime is one of the best receivers of his generation I thought he was on track to be a first ballot Hall of Famer with the way he played early in his career. But you need to play in today's NFL. You need to play in any NFL. I don't care what year it is. And everyone kind of tells you the whole availability is the best ability. It kind of is, right? Like this whole idea that Michael Thomas will come back and he'll figure it out with the Saints and him and Olave and Rashid Shahid will get it going. It sounds great, but it just sounds like fan fiction because unfortunately, Michael Thomas has not played a full season since 2019. 2020, he missed a lot of games. 2021, he missed the whole season. And then this year, he missed 14 games. So, I again, I have nothing but respect for Michael Thomas. And I think if Michael Thomas gets healthy, he will do what he's always done, dominate the game, because we saw it week one against the Falcons. But the if is so big, and more importantly, the roster bonus now that they'd have to fully guarantee $32 million. That's a lot of money to guarantee for a guy that does not play. He's played three games in the last two years. It's not me disrespecting Michael Thomas. I'll say it a million times. I'm a huge fan of Michael Thomas. But sometimes endings and goodbyes stink. And this is a case where it's going to stink. And when he shines with someone else, it'll hurt for those games that he plays well. But it's just not going to happen in New Orleans anymore. And I just think the best course of action is them kind of going their separate ways. I hope Pete Carmichael is packing his bags right now. I would hope that's the bare minimum, right? Again, I I think they should get rid of everyone. They're not going to. But the bare minimum is getting a new offensive staff. That's the least you can ask from this team. We'll see if they do it. Steven says this loss had to have raised eyebrows about the coaching staff in the front office. Even Dennis should feel a hot seat. He should. 
I, I would go as far to say everyone in the Saints building should feel under a hot seat because even, like I said, when they win games, it's not pretty. When they lose games, you want to rip your hair out. So what do you do well? What do you do well, right? Like, they're calling cards defense, but their defense doesn't stop the run well. They're not exactly great at forcing turnovers. They're just a really good bend but don't break defense. And I'll take that. I'm not going to disrespect the defense. The defense does its thing. But the Saints don't have a calling card like other teams do. And, and I get it, right? Like, I'm acting as if the Saints are the worst team in the league. They are not. They're far from the worst team in the league. But the Saints right now, and this is where you got to make a decision. Do you want to be stuck in the average team purgatory? Or do you want to go for the home run? And yeah, maybe you strike out, but you went for the home run. So those are the options they're going to have on the table. And they're going to have to make a really tough decision. But it's, it's where you're stuck, right? I see all these people on Twitter and TikTok. They love to use the word mid. The Saints will be that if they stick with DA for more than another year or two. Like, that's the only outcome you got is, is mid with this guy because that's what they are. So we'll see what happens. I'm praying for something else. But I really don't know. The biggest changes the Saints needed is OC. Move DA to DC and hire a new head coach. The defense is good to great for most of the season. It was mostly on offense. I love the whole idea like he goes to defensive coordinator. It's just not going to happen. I don't think we've ever seen a coach like really be like, yeah, the promotion wasn't for me. I'll just slide back into my old spot. That doesn't happen. So I don't see it. But I, I do agree they need a new offensive coordinator. And, I, and again, more comments here about DA and, and moving on. Like, it, it's where we're at. So I'm going to bring up this comment that Margaret brought up about Dalton. And I'll try to get through more as we go on. I'll, I'll, I'll pull up some of the best comments possible uh, as we go through. Margaret says, DA, uh, Dalton was awful. My mind's on DA. Dalton was awful today. Carmichael was terrible today. So predictable. Dalton was not good. Like, missed a wide open Taysom Hill. Threw almost through an interception at the end of the game that the Panthers dropped. Didn't matter anyway. Panthers obviously still went down the field and won. Dalton didn't have a good game. But I don't blame Dalton as much as I blame the Saints that Dalton started as many games as he did this year and Dalton had to be their QB1 this year. And, and the worst part about it is I know deep down bringing back Dalton has to be a conversation the Saints are going to have because when you go through the, the group of quarterbacks, it's like Dalton or Gardner Minshew, you probably go Dalton. Dalton or Sam Darnold, you probably go Dalton. Dalton or Baker Mayfield, they might go Dalton if they really like him. So I just think for, for New Orleans, I agree. Dalton was really bad today. So I do agree with you, Margaret. But I look through this entire season. Dalton was not brought in to be the starter. Saints decided to pretty much make him the starter with the way that they played him this year. And I blame that them for that more than I do Dalton. But Dalton made a bunch of mistakes today. Taysom Hill can't be... 15 yards away from the nearest defender and not get the football when you had a clean pocket. You got to be better than that. Dalton's been in the league long enough. So I do agree with that. DA sold the organization on keeping the ship afloat and he didn't do that. I don't know what else Mickey and Gail need to see. Well, I think Mickey and Gail, I think it's more Mickey who's got to make the decision than Gail. I think Gail wants a winning franchise, obviously. She's made that abundantly clear. Like, Gail does not accept losing. So that's a good thing for Saints fans. It's like you know that your owner is not going to be one of those cheap owners who just says, ah, leave it. It's fine. We're still profiting. She wants to win. But I do think that Mickey Loomis, he this is a new spot for him. This is all kind of uncharted territory where it's like, okay, you just hired a new head coach. That didn't work out year one. Are you going to fix the problem? Or are you going to kind of 
butt your head against the wall and say, hey, I'm going to be stubborn about this and we're going to try and fix it next year. I tend to think he's going to do that, but like that's on Mickey, right? And I blame DA a lot. I blame Pete Carmichael a lot. But if, if Mickey has another bad offseason because he just had a terrible offseason with the Saints, when do we start saying Mickey's got to be better? Because we could blame the, the coaching staff. Jarvis Landry signing didn't work. Marcus May signing didn't work. You made that bold trade with the Eagles. You traded away Gardner Johnson for a bag of peanuts. So at what point does Mickey Loomis get a little bit of blame? I, I think these are all fair questions to ask. And it's not pointing the finger and saying, I blame you and I blame you and I blame you. And, and, and the players are free of it. No, like the players deserve blame too. It's top to bottom. But Mickey Loomis has wiggled his way out of trouble this year. At least that's as far as I've noticed. I feel like he really doesn't get blamed a lot when you go through the grand scheme of who's to blame. And I think that he should get a little bit of that pressure and a little bit of that scrutiny because it comes with being a GM. When things are great, things are great. When things are poor, you got to step up, be the man, and clean it and fix the situation. It's going to be on him. I'm so curious to see what he does. Lutz is a problem, too. We need a kicking competition. Boy, do they ever. Boy, do they ever. I, you know, I, I look at this team. We, we're going to see so many problems, but kicking is important in, in any game. And the only kick I said I gave Will Lutz a pass was the double doink against the Vikings. Other than that, like the kicks he's missed this year, inside the 40s, completely off. It, he doesn't, back then, I'll put it this way, when Will Lutz would step up to the plate, I would be very confident in him to make the kick, seal the deal, Saints win. I have no confidence in Will Lutz now. Like he might make it and I'll be like, all right, great. But my confidence in Will Lutz is not where it used to be. And that's disappointing. And I, I, I again, I feel for the dude, but... It's tough. It's very tough. It's very disappointing, though. I, Will Lutz is one of my guys, but this is kind of where we're at. Dudes are writing off AK when it was <laughs> shitty coaching. Look, coaching, again, I brought up the Giants. I brought up the Jaguars. You got to put your players in the best spots to be who they are. And I think the, the Saints have done a terrible job this year of using Alvin Kamara the way he should. Where were the outside zone runs, the halfback stretches, getting him outside the tackles? They were running Alvin Kamara like he was Nick Chubb. They were running Alvin Kamara like he was Derrick Henry, and he's not that, and that's okay because you didn't pay him to be Derrick Henry. You paid him to be Alvin freaking Kamara, who is an elusive runner, who is a slippery runner, who breaks a ton of tackles, who can make plays as a receiver and a running back. And yet, this year, we didn't see a whole lot of the receiver thing. We didn't get those explosive runs. The screen game didn't exist. Who does this fall on? The offensive play caller. How do you make Alvin Kamara just another dude? Do you know how hard that is? Do you know how hard it is to make Alvin Kamara another dude? It's crazy to me, man. It is crazy to me. Blair sending in a super chat. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for that. Before Peyton came along, Mickey was called uh, the bean counter. He was good with the money, awful with the player personnel. Yeah, Loomis is a problem. You know what? Like, I think it's a fair argument to have because here's the other thing about Loomis. And again, I, I think Mickey Loomis is still... There are still redeeming qualities to Mickey Loomis. So don't I don't want to say like Mickey Loomis is a horrible GM. I don't I don't see it that way. But when the Saints brought in Jeff Ireland, all of a sudden their drafting got a lot better. Got a lot better. Jeff Ireland comes in and they crush the 2017 draft. And they find guys like Eric McCoy and Garner Johnson on day and two and day day two and day three. And even a couple of years ago, you could look at what they've been able to do. So for me, 
Mickey's got to step up this year. If Mickey doesn't step up this offseason, I'm going to start having my reservations about whether or not he should be the long-term GM. And I hope it's not the case. I like stability. I really do like stability. But it, there, there are questions that need to be asked. And we, de- we deserve answers. And we're going to see if we get them. But Mickey Loomis does have to step up. He absolutely has to step up. Tori says, y'all remember how happy we were after week one? Good times. Week one, it was the best of times, man. It's kind of like the office thing. Like you wish there was someone there to let you know you were in the good old days before they passed you by. And week one, even week one, ugly game, first three quarters. But that fourth quarter, Jameis was dropping dimes. Michael Thomas was making plays. Jarvis Landry was making plays. And it's just like, dude, they're balling out here. And even though the Saints made a bunch of mistakes, we overlooked it because they won and they beat the Falcons and it felt good. And that was the most explosive their offense looked all season long. That win, honestly, was a little bit of foreshadowing to come, right? Sloppy. A lot of penalties that game. Stupid mistakes. Even late in the game, the the Lattimore penalty almost cost them. Inconsistent on offense. That's what they've been all year. So even the wins, there were moments where I'm like, what the heck are you doing? And and it turns out, and I agree with you, week one was a hell of a time. But looking back at it, we should have known better. We should have known better. DA's been in the building for seven years and has done everything Sean built this team to be over the past five years in less than a year. Yep. And, and while I'm at that, rant incoming. I've seen some people kind of compare this year with DA to last year with Sean Payton. And people say seven and 10, nine and eight, it's not that far off. But we said one coaching job was a masterclass. The other was poor coaching. And then people say that's unfair. It, they are not the same season. They're not. Sean Payton had Trevor Simeon, Ian Book, Taysom Hill, and Jameis Winston as your starters last year. No knock on Jameis. He played very good, efficient game managing. And I thought Taysom was fine at times. Trevor Simeon is not better than Andy Dalton. Ian Book is not an NFL quarterback. The Saints had no Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara missed a bunch of games. Cesar Ruiz was the only healthy offensive lineman. They got ravaged by COVID for one game, where even guys like Demario Davis didn't play. Cam Jordan missed a game last year. Guys were getting hurt left and right. And yet, you want to use the injury excuses for Dennis Allen. Cool, Sean Payton had them. Except Sean Payton had four quarterbacks start last year, and he still won two more games, and they still had something to play for. He didn't lose the locker room, but I didn't mention, oh, well, Sean never lost the locker room because Sean's better than that. I don't need to say Sean didn't lose the locker room because my standard for Sean is up here. So I don't have to say, oh, well, he never lost the locker room. To brag over 7 and 10 and be like, well, it's not that different from 9 and 8, but it is. It is. And the matter that they lost, it's not the same, folks. It's not the same. It really isn't. The only way DA gets fired is if Peyton tells Loomis he wants to coach the Saints next year. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, that's the only scenario is not back because if Sean Payne's like, I want my old job back, can I have it? And the Saints get say, please, come in and take it. And that, that'll probably be where they're at. And that kind of goes to my point, so I love this comment here. Don't want to hear the injury excuses here because every team we've played, we've had the better roster outside the Brown, Bengals, and 49ers. They lost two games to the Bucs they shouldn't have lost to. They lost two games to the Panthers they shouldn't have lost to. They lost a game to the Cardinals who lose every week. Every week I watch the Arizona Cardinals, they get absolutely destroyed by a team. They beat the Saints thoroughly, though. Cliff Kingsbury, and I'm not, I'm not breaking any news here, Cliff Kingsbury, in my opinion, is probably going to get fired on Monday or resign. One of the two. He's not going to be there. He coached circles around Dennis Allen. At some point, like, 
we just got to be fair about this. You know, yeah, the 49ers game, the 49ers have a better roster, but they won 13-0. Like, there, were ne- there was never a game where I watched the Saints play and I was like, man, they have better. They don't have better talent. They don't have better coaching. This is a JV team. The coaching is what made it look that way. But I never went into a Saints game this year and no score ever indicated the Saints couldn't keep up with the team. They could. They just lost games that they shouldn't have. Honestly, if the Saints, if you flip the games that the Saints probably should have won, probably be 9-8, and 10-7. and seven. But it don't work that way if you coach poorly. It just doesn't. Joshua says they better not bring back Andy Dalton. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm just saying if they bring back Andy Dalton, I would not be surprised. That's all I'm saying. I think the Saints would love a reason to bring Andy Dalton back. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. If Andy Dalton was a Saints backup quarterback next year, I would take it. But it's kind of hard after Dalton started 14 games to bring him back and he's the backup. So I kind of think you move on entirely. But I will say this about Dalton. If it's paying Dalton $12 million a year or Jimmy Garoppolo 25, I'd rather have Dalton. But again, I'm giving you one scenario. I don't think the Saints should run back this quarterback room, but my gut tells me that Dalton will be back. That's just where I'm at with my gut. Hopefully I'm wrong, but we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. So you guys talking about Will Lutz. Was this his worst year as the Saints kicker? Well, let's go to the numbers real quick. That's a great question. By the numbers, this was Will Lutz's worst year as a Saints kicker. So good job. 79.3% field goal. You might think that sounds great, but I mean, that's that's really not that great for his standards. He's always been over 80%, especially over 82%. That's kind of been like his sweet spot. So yeah, Will Lutz, it's fair to kind of, I'm not sound the alarm, but talk about it, you know? Tamaria says, please start Taylor over Debo. Debo's liability and coverage. So that's another thing. Like, Alante Taylor didn't even play last week. The whole point of these last couple games was to see how these young guys would play. Well, Trevor Penning didn't get that much playing time. We saw Alante Taylor not get playing time over Debo, which made no sense. What what was the plan? What were you trying to sell us? Just very confusing, guys. Very confusing. Uh, I just don't understand it. No way Saints can possibly re-sign Davenport. He's a busted, he's a busted pick through and through. Oh, man. Glad you brought that up. So let's get into this. Let's get into this. Marcus Davenport, in a contract year, had half a sack. If you're ever going to show up, you show up in a contract year. Because if you don't really love football, most people love money. So you ball out. And I've seen Trey Hendrickson ball out. We've seen Marcus Williams ball out. We saw different teams. Josh Jacobs ball out with the Raiders contract year. If you don't ball out in a contract year, That tells me all I need to know about you. Because if there's ever a year where your body's got to be in perfect shape, where your mentality's got to be in perfect shape, where you got to take every game so serious to make sure you earn life-changing money, not just for you, but for your family with that next contract, it's your contract year. That's why it's called contract year. You play well, you get a new contract. And a big fat one, too. Marcus Davenport was bad this year. The numbers all look the same, right? Pressures look the same. QB hits look the same. Didn't finish off plays. Just didn't. And the only, the only reason they can even talk themselves into bringing Davenport back is whether he's on the roster or not next year, he's going to be on the books. So they might want to say, hey, if he's on the books, we might as well pay him. And if they want to do that, fine. 
but that is the only justification for them bringing back Davenport. But he shouldn't be back. I'm over this experiment. And for people saying, well, some people are harsh with the two firsts and whatever. You know what? Maybe people weren't harsh enough because enough's enough at this point. He's played five seasons. There was never a point where I thought he was elite. Last year, he showed a lot of signs of progress, and all of it went away this year. He's always hurt. He's not producing well enough, and he didn't show up in a contract year. That's when you show up. So good riddance. Get out of here. Let's see if Peyton Turner could do something as a starter next year. That's where I'm at with this. Let someone else pay him. If he plays well for someone else, great. He's not going to play well for the Saints. I just, I don't understand how you don't play that, play decent in a contract year. And I don't want to hear about PFF. They do good work, but we're seeing it in the games. He looks slow to the football. And you know what? If today was the end with him getting ejected in one of the worst fights we've seen, cool. Like, that's it. That's it. The, the, the arrow's over for him. But just remember, he got taken over Lamar Jackson. Boy, does that stink. That absolutely stinks. Let's see what we got here. So I'm confused. So did we end up getting Olave or Penning for this year's number 11 overall pick? That's a great question. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I always get confused on it. So let me, let me pull it up. So when the Saints traded for Olave, let's see which pick it was. I, I See, I'm like always baffled of this. this. This is how you know it's too much for my brain that I, I can't get this down. So pick 16. I believe pick 16 was the Eagles pick. So technically, if you want to make yourself feel good about it, Olave was the pick that they traded with with the Eagles, technically speaking. Olave and a bunch of mid-round, like picks that they sent to Washington to move up and picks that they also sent to Philly. So Olave was worth probably a first, I believe was a future second. And whatever they gave Washington, which I believe was a third-round pick and something else. So Olave was worth a lot of picks. Penning was technically the Saints' first-round pick. So if that makes you like feel better about the situation, maybe it does. It definitely makes me feel better about it. Then that's the way to look at it. Uh, but I'm glad you asked. I got to sort this out. I always think about it all the time. Um, so definitely glad you brought that up. Saints have been so bad that they've had Lance Moore going off on Twitter all year. Dude, Lance Moore has been saying it like it is. And I appreciate him for that. Uh, in fact, I got to hit up Lance Moore and see if I can have him on one day so we could chop it up and talk about the Saints because he's truthful to it. And Lance knows what a winning culture is. He knows what it takes to, to play and, and compete at a high level and win at a high level. You weren't seeing that this year. And uh, I appreciate Lance Moore for that because it's very easy to kind of former Saints player not get heavily involved or invested and not want to badmouth your team. But if you love something... You're going to be honest when, when things aren't going well. And, and Lance does that. And I, I salute Lance for that. He's great. Ooh, this is a fun one. Steven asks, wonder if the Bears would trade Fields and draft Bryce Young. I'm going to say no, but if this was a possibility, I'll throw this out. I'm curious where you guys are at. Would you, if the Saints trade Sean Payne and the Broncos for the 49ers first round pick, would you trade that first-round pick for Justin Fields? I'm curious what you guys would have to say. Me, personally, I would because I like Justin Fields a lot, and I think Justin Fields, with a run-style-centric offense that benefits off the play-action pass and taking advantage of his deep arm strength, I think you could do something with that. Uh, now, I don't expect the Bears to get rid of Fields. I think it makes a lot more sense for the Bears to shop that pick and stay top five but also get some additional assets. 
and keep Fields because I think Fields has been great this year. Over a thousand rushing yards, had some big plays, and doesn't exactly have a loaded wide receiver group and, and a great coaching staff on the offensive side. But it's a fun hypothetical. So I'm curious for you guys. Would you guys do that? Would you go for Justin Fields? I, I, I find that fascinating. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't expect the Bears to draft a quarterback. But if the Bears went Bryce Young, like Steven suggested, man, that would turn it up on its head. And as I get to your comments, I see some of you guys saying you would take him in a heartbeat. But great comment here. And I agree with you. It can't be with Pete Carmichael because this is where I'm at with the Saints. When we mention young quarterbacks and who they should go for, who should they develop, it can't be with this staff because I don't trust them. Who have they developed at quarterback? Who has Pete Carmichael developed at quarterback? Drew Brees doesn't count. Drew Brees, when they got him, was a grown man. And, and a lot of people are going to give that credit to Sean Payton, as they probably should. So it's fair, you know? I would, and if he's a bust, the 2024 QB field is still solid, so it could be a one-and-done thing. Yeah, right? Like, that's the thing, right? And, and you know, Fields played with Olave, so that's a pretty cool connection. I think, though, for New Orleans, take a swing at QB. Take a swing. I see a lot of people talking about 2024, uh, and I know you just mentioned it now. Don't get me wrong. I love Caleb Williams. I love Drake Mann. I think they are such good quarterback prospects. But I say this about football. You never know when someone's going to be good because you never know if they're going to get hurt. You don't know if it's just not their year. The ball doesn't bounce their way. So I look back at the 2018 draft. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. Those guys were all taken first round. None of them have amounted to much. Lamar has been the truth. Josh Allen has been the truth. But sometimes it just doesn't work. So I love this idea. Like, hey, they get Caleb. They could get Drake May. You just don't know right now. So I'm, I'm willing for them to go take a stab at QB this offseason. You know, if a Fields came available, you go for him. If they like what Jordan Love brings to the table, pursue Jordan Love. He's young. He's got a big arm. If you want Derek Carr, see what the asking price is. See if he gets released. If he gets released, you got to go for it. So you see there. So there's going to be options. I'm very, very curious to see how the Saints approach this. But just take a swing. The worst thing you can do is strike out. But if you don't take a swing at all, you don't want to get caught looking. And boy, would that stink. If we get that notification of DA getting canned tomorrow morning, we celebrate. Well, if that happens, I will have to do another live stream. But I don't expect that. Uh, that would just be wishful thinking at this point. Um. But, man, it would, be, it would be something. I do think, though, if we don't get an alert within the next month that Pete Carmichael's not coming back, you're going to lose me a little bit. You're going to lose me because you need to make at least one major change to the staff to show me that you care. Show me that you want to make some changes to this, this team and, and actually put it in the right direction. Until then, I don't know. I really don't know. Having a great defense does not win you Super Bowls. you got to have a top-flight quarterback. Well, look, my counter-argument would be if you're not going to have a top-flight quarterback, you have to have a respectable offense, right? Because when you look around the league, there have been moments, right? Like Joe Flacco was not a top-flight quarterback. Eli Manning was good. I never thought he was elite. But you have to have a respectable offense. They don't have that. So that's where it goes. But my question would be to you guys. If Derek Carr were the Saints quarterback, and they got a new OC, and Olave was doing well, and Shaquid was doing well, and the defense was balling out. Why couldn't they compete with that? You know, that's my point. Like, I, I love the idea of the Saints getting an elite young quarterback. I would cry tears of joy over that. 
But I do think that there's other problems than just QB. I don't disagree with you. When we look around the leagues, look at the quarterbacks that are always vying for Super Bowls now. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar. Uh, now we got Herbert in the playoffs. Matt Stafford just won a ring. So you need an elite quarterback. I totally get that. But you got to fix everything else. The Saints got a lot of issues right now. I would love if the Saints at least got something for MT rather than nothing, even if it's a day three pick. Look, something, anything is better than nothing. I agree with you. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to happen. No, I still kind of think he gets released. I, I just think that teams would want to, tr- would rather sign Thomas to whatever deal they end up doing rather than like trading him on the current deal he's on and then reworking it again. Th- that's what I think. But he will be gone. I-, I don't think there's any way, shape, or form he comes back to the Saints. So it's it's sad that this is the end of that era, but. You know what? All good things come to an end, even this. Matthew says, like you said, OC, new QB, it's time to move on from the Sean Payton offense unless he's coming back. Doubt it, but one can dream. Well, you can dream. I'm not going to knock you to dream. You guys can all dream if you want. I don't blame you. It's nice to dream. It's actually fun. We need some more optimistic thoughts. But yeah, my, my complaint has been for the Saints. Running the Sean Payton franchise without Sean Payton is very odd. It makes no sense. He's not there. It's tough to do things without the head honcho. So for I, I just find it very, very odd. And I'd like to see them get a new voice. That's why I advocate for the offensive coordinator change because right now it's, it's Sean Payton disciple, Sean Payton disciple, Sean Payton disciple. Knock them all out or knock out a few. Bring in some new voices. You need new blood. You need different ideas. Just please, a couple of them. Thoughts on Derek Carr. I I'm I like Derek Carr more than most people. I don't think Derek Carr is elite. I don't think Derek Carr is a franchise-changing quarterback, but I think Derek Carr is the 12th best quarterback in the NFL on his best day, and I think that Derek Carr is in that Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott conversation one. They have games that they look really good. They have games where they don't look good, and you say you're never winning a ring with them, but then you sit back and you realize it could be a whole lot worse, so you just sit there and you say, okay, it's good to have a Derek Carr. So... I would take Derek Carr on the Saints. I wouldn't trade for him because I don't think the Saints are good enough to be mortgaging assets. But Derek Carr would be an upgrade over Andy Dalton. That is for damn sure. And I think Derek Carr would give the Saints another leader in the building, which they can use. So I'm not against it. I'm just not overly in love with the idea of trading for him. But don't get me wrong. Yeah, they, they, can, they can use Derek Carr. If you lose to QB, he throws for 33%, 43 yards, and two interceptions. Something has to change. I don't know how anyone can think otherwise. Amen to that. Amen to that. I, I'm not going to add anything more to that because you hit the nail on the head. To everyone that wants Sean back, I hope you all know that that move does nothing but sets back this franchise uh, future for two more years because he will love to not he will love to not deplete a team he's going to coach. Yeah. Look, I'll say this about the Sean Payton thing, right? Even if he comes back, he's got two more years left. What's stopping him from coming back to the Saints, staying for those two years, and then leaving? And then you got nothing in return this entire time. Unless you win the Super Bowl, obviously. And then you don't give a crap what happens. But that scenario's out there. So I just don't think it's as cut and dry as a lot of people want it to be. You know, It would be lovely, but it's not that way. Libby says, I love Lutz, but I need my kicker to make those kicks. Amen to that. Amen to that. Like, I'm a big fan of Will Lutz, but 
I just, I just don't know how much longer. Like, if this lingers into next season with these missed kicks, you're going to have to make a move. Fred says, my wife would have coached this team to, could have coached this team to nine wins. Well, first off, if that's the case, Fred, you better get her up on the phone with the Saints so we can figure out how we get her in at the helm and, and get a new coach in the building. That's number one. Number two, the point that you're trying to make isn't entirely wrong because, like we said, and you guys have mentioned it all day, how many games this year have they lost where they could have won? Just thought. Libby says, I would have loved to see Winston today and against other division teams because he's used to playing them. Here's what I'll say. I'll say this about the Jameis thing. You guys are never, you guys aren't wrong for wanting to see Jameis Winston. And I've, I've, I think I've been very fair with my stance on Jameis. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be. He's somewhere in the, the middle of, okay, he has good moments and bad moments. But the Saints not playing him today, I think they're telling you, without making it official, he's not going to be on next year's team. Because if he was going to be on next year's team, you would have tried to play him at some point after they scored no points against the Niners, after they had that horrible loss against the Bucks, after they did nothing against the Eagles and basically won because Marshawn Lattimore said, fine, I'll do it myself. And yet, you sat there, you watch your offense struggle week in, week out, struggle in the red zone, struggle to put up points. And you didn't make a quarterback change. Why would that be other than you saying, well, Jameis isn't coming back? And I think the Saints did that. I think that's what they did. That's where I'm at. And I think to answer Gavin's question, Jameis being on another year of his contract, does he come back? I don't think he comes back. I think they'll cut him. I think they do post-June 1st designation. It'll actually be pretty good financially speaking for them. So I think the Saints are going to look very different next year. No Jameis, no Michael Thomas, could have a new OC. I think they got to get a better, another safety in there to help out Tyron Matthew. They need to get better on the defensive line, need to get younger, need to get stronger, need to get younger and faster at running back. Probably one more wide receiver. Could use one more lineman if they move on from Andrews Pete, which I think is a possibility. Saints seems going to look a little different next year. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. They're just going to look different. Cody says, am I the only person that thinks Loomis made DA keep the staff from last year? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It could be. It could be. I just think that for me, it's, it's, I think it was a group thing, right? I think they group think this whole thing where it's like, okay, yep, yeah, we're going to be continuity and continuity is key. Well, man, the continuity is nice and all. It sounds fun and lovely, but continuity got you seven and 10. I'm not exactly running and jumping and leaping for joy on Mondays to talk about a seven and 10 team, but I guess that's what continuity gets you. Who do we get to replace Davenport or who do we sign or do we sign him in a cheap deal? Well, Great question. I think for Davenport, who do you replace? For me, I'm going the young route. The Saints trade Sean Payton, they get a first-round pick. I'm looking at the D-line, and I know you guys may not want to hear that, but the Saints need to get younger at defensive line. Now, who can replace him? If Payton Turner can just stay healthy, he'll probably be the same player, for better or worse. So I would like to see Payton Turner get a shot as well. As for do you sign him a cheap deal, it would have to be really cheap. It would have to be cheap, and it would have to be a two-year deal max because you do not commit long-term money to Marcus Davenport. You do not commit a lot of fully guaranteed money to Marcus Davenport. So, I, I don't know. It would need to be cheap, though. And I think there is a reality where both the things you said can happen. You can draft his replacement and also bring him back for, like, one more year on the cheap if, if his market doesn't materialize. Not to take the mind off the game, but did you see Adam Schefter 
compare the Naheem Hines kick return to the Gleason pump block. Yeah, I saw it. I just, I didn't make much of it for one reason. Adam Schefter's the same dude that when Dwayne, when Dwayne Haskins tragically passed away, wrote that Dwayne Haskins, who's been struggling to start or find his way in the NFL, passed away. It was like, why did that part need to be in the sentence about something so tragic? So uh, I'm not saying I don't like Adam Schefter, although I'm kind of saying that. I just, when he tweets something that seems out of touch with reality, I just call it what it is. Like, it's just another day for Adam Schefter saying something that probably shouldn't have been said. And let's be real. It shouldn't have been said. It really shouldn't have. Peyton Turner could get hurt brushing his teeth. Uh, stop drafting this guy. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Can Lance Moore coach? I sure hope he can. Now, you know, we've seen receivers move into the coaching roles. Uh, Wes Welker's a good example. He's a wide receivers coach. But I don't know. I think Lance Moore has got a great family, doing some work on TV, really fun dude. Does he have to get that joy stripped away from him by becoming a coach? I don't know. I'd rather he not do that, you know? There's a strong possibility Lamar is available and Gino. Also, don't sleep on the possibility of Carr being in that jersey. I'm not sleeping on any of those possibilities except for Lamar because I just, maybe I'm wrong and I'm giving the Ravens too much credit. But doesn't like doesn't logic come into play at some point for the Ravens and they go like, hey, I don't, you know, I, I think at some point, you know, you got to pay this guy what he wants. The Ravens are who they are because of Lamar. And you can watch these last couple of games. They just got into the playoffs. A lot of the heavy lifting was from Lamar. And then, no disrespect to Tyler Huntley, you see the drop-off in starter to backup. Pay the dude. But don't get me wrong, don't pay the dude from the Saints' perspective being selfish, but pay the man his money. He, he's earned that much. What about the 49ers situation with Purdy, Jimmy, and Lance? Uh, yeah, that's a... That's a fascinating situation, right? Because Brock Purdy's played well enough. Like, does he start next year? And if he starts, do the Niners try to move Trey Lance? That's a young quarterback that's interesting. That, hey, I call them. What do you want for Trey Lance if I'm the Niners? I ask them. And I, and I see if I'm them. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see that, how that plays out. And then you mentioned Jimmy G. Jimmy G's a guy who's going to have a market. I think Jimmy G is an interesting quarterback because there's moments where he looks like he manages the game smoothly. He makes a couple of big plays. Um... But at the same time, he has moments where he's not that great. Like, I don't think the gap between Jimmy G and Andy Dalton's as huge as the pay is going to show. Because I think Jimmy G is going to get like 25 million plus. But I love that you brought that thing up, though, because if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, he's got to start next year, right? And if he's starting, the Niners have to consider moving Trey Lance, right? So I think there's a lot of factors in there. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I actually think the Saints are going to go in a totally different direction. I think the Saints are going to pursue the Derek Carrs of the world. I think they're going to pursue, uh, you know, the draft, see what's out there. I'm sure they'll look into Andy Dalton. You guys mentioned Geno Smith. Maybe they look into him. Uh, I don't think they pursue those routes, but uh, it's it's pretty interesting to say. And, and while I'm at it, shout out to you, uh, Eric, for tuning in. And I'm, I'm sure you guys already know, but Eric's YouTube works pretty damn cool. So definitely check, check out his page if you guys haven't already. See what else you guys have lined up. Keeping it real, Who Dat Sports Podcast says O-line needs upgrades. MT's not going anywhere. How can you get rid of good playmakers when this offense needs playmakers? It's kind of simple. It's money. Um, and that's what that's what it all it is. That's all it is to me. It's just money. Uh, Michael Thomas, $32 million roster bonus for the 2023 league year getting guaranteed. 
even though it's for the 2024 league year, oddly enough, it gets fully guaranteed on March 17th. I totally get what you're saying. You're saying, how can a bad offense get rid of an all-pro wide receiver? But I'm saying, how can a team that has financial issues give $32 million to a player that's played three games the last two years? That's where they're seeing it. It's strictly money. I would love to see Michael Thomas back on the Saints, but it's, it's just not happening at all. I just don't see it for me. Since we're tight capped at the moment, we need to find some solid rotation pieces in the draft. I would also look at Cameron Rising from Utah at QB if he's there. I mean, he's a vet. He's, a, he's an experienced college quarterback, an interesting guy. And um, I don't know. I haven't really looked into his game much in terms of evaluating it. I've seen him play more than enough times. So I feel like he could get he – could, he could kind of, I would say, string along and have a respectable career of being a, a backup quarterback. I don't see high-level starter from him, though. But a lot of experience, played in a lot of big games, two Rose Bowls, in fact. Uh, yeah, he's, he's an interesting quarterback, uh, to say the least. Realistic call for an MT trade if that happens or a Sean Payton trade. Sean Payton trade, I would say it's at least a first-round pick. That's what I think. Anything over, I'm happy about. Michael Thomas trade would probably be a day-three pick if they could trade him. I, I just don't think a team's going to take on that salary and the injury concerns and be like, oh, hey, well, here's a second-round pick. I just don't see it. But if the Saints can get a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick for him, uh, I'd be pretty pumped about that. That is for sure. Uh, and again, I don't want Michael Thomas gone. The Saints have made it clear that he will be gone, though, with his roster move, though. Uh, I think Michael Thomas is such a good receiver when he's healthy. But like I said, it's, it's been a couple years now. So that's what it boils down to. Where do you think Sean ends up? Zeke, thank you again for the super chat, my man. I really do appreciate that. Uh, I think Sean... I, I, I almost don't know if the job's opened up yet because... He's going to have interest from the Broncos, obviously. But I can list three reasons why I don't think the Broncos are the most attractive job. Number one, you are tied to Russell Wilson's contract. So Sean has to fix Russell Wilson because if he doesn't fix Russell Wilson, that's tough. Two, you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I hate that idea. And then three, I think Denver, unfortunately, if I just look around, Sean keeps talking about ownership, GM stability. Their owners already come out and said, okay, they think that the GM will stay, but the new coach is going to report to him. So what's the GM's job? Is there dysfunction there already? That's where I'm confused. Now, the Cardinals on the flip side, I think the Cardinals would go after Sean, present him with, hey, take your own GM because we're going to get rid of Kime. So that's a plus. But Sean has stressed that he needs a good owner. And people around the league don't exactly speak highly of the Cardinals owner. He's not in the upper echelon of NFL team owners in terms of the way he runs the franchise, the way he's viewed, how much he wins. So that's a job that I don't think is that appealing. The interesting one, and I'm not trying to get anyone up in arms, if Sean McVay retires and or leaves for TV, which is rumored, does Sean consider the Rams and do the Saints even let him go to the Rams? Now, the problem with that is you would not get a first-round pick this year. I don't believe they own their first-round pick. I think the Lions own their first-round pick. But that's another team that'll come up. So I'm torn between, I don't think the perfect job's open up for Sean. And I don't think it will. But at the same time, I also think Sean kind of knows that the perfect job's not opening up. So there's, there's two ways to look at it. But since you're asking where I think he ends up, I guess I'll go Denver right now because Denver seems to be willing to give him $25 million a year. And how can you not take $25 million a year to coach? 
You know, good coaches in today's NFL make like $10, $12 million. You're going to make double than that? And, and the new ownership says they're going to pay. So that could be it. But I do think that it's a very, very interesting question. And uh, I, I really don't know how it's going to boil down and finish out. But I'm, I'm very, very interested to see it. What are your thoughts on Marcus May? Is he here next year or no? Well, let's bring up Marcus May's contract while we're at it. Because like all things in the NFL, it comes down to money. Because if, if it doesn't make sense financially to get rid of someone, you're not going to do it. So the Saints could get rid of Marcus May if they want. Dead cap would be 11 point. Yeah, they could get rid of him if they want to, honestly. I don't expect them to, but they could get rid of him. At the very least, you got to think about reworking that deal. It's not a good deal. I, three years, $22 million for a guy that's been healthy a lot. Uh, not healthy a lot and also hasn't made a lot of big plays. That's kind of tough. So I'll go back to the other comments. I just saw this one. I just want to correct this one. So people said Denver doesn't have anything to offer. This is where people got lost in the whole Denver thing. And don't get don't think that's a shot at you guys. I got lost in it. So I, uh, I, it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that it hit me. So Denver doesn't have their own first-round pick. The Seahawks own that from the Russell Wilson trade. But Denver, at the trade deadline, traded Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, who traded them the 49ers' first-round pick that they got from the Trey Lance deal. So... The Broncos do have the 49ers first round pick. Now, that's not going to be a great pick because the Niners are balling out here, but it's a first round pick nonetheless. It's, it'd be one more than the Saints would have. Gavin says, do you think Kane Nelson and Pete Werner uh, are the linebackers or, of the future? I think they can be, and I think they should be, but it's up to the Saints to pay Kane Nellis. And I did a video actually, uh, we dropped it on Buku Media's YouTube page yesterday i talked about how i think the saints got to pay caden because i don't want to see them lose another young talented defensive player and it'd be like well you know did they peak was it just a contract year type of thing caden ellis revitalized the saints pass rush with what he did this year he stepped up when pete werner was out he looked really good man he looked really good he played a big hand a big hand in what they did Eric says, I love Olave and Shahid, but a healthy Mike is still the best wide receiver on the team. I don't think you're wrong at all. I, I agree with that a thousand percent because Mike is a great possession receiver. Mike is great on third down. Mike is great on those short passes. And I think that's actually something that the more I watch the Saints, the more I realize how spoiled we were with Michael Thomas for the, that three, four year run. Those slants that Michael Thomas would make look so easy and everyone would sit there going, oh, he's slant boy. He's slant boy. Such a stupid nickname. Those are easy money for Mike. Those are never easy money for the Saints anymore. doesn't matter if it gets thrown to Callaway, Shahid, Olave, Jawan Johnson. These slants are no longer easy money. But with Michael Thomas, you knew it was going to work. You knew it was going to work. So I agree. He is still the best wide receiver talent-wise, production-wise when healthy. Uh, but it just stinks that I have to say when healthy. It really bothers me that like this situation is going to end because of injuries. But... Unfortunately, it's not the first. I'm sure it won't be the last time something like that happens in this NFL. Do you think the Saints give Marcus Davenport a one-year prove-it deal? They could, but let's be real. He was taking on a one-year prove-it deal this year, fifth-year option of a rookie contract. Like I said, contract year didn't step up. Very frustrating. Hey, Chris, with the MT news, what's the wide receiver look like, and who do you like to play behind AK? Well, I'll answer the second one first. I'd like the Saints to get a running back in the draft. I don't care if it's Ty J. Spears from Tulane, Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, uh, Tucker from Syracuse, Blake Corum from Michigan, 
Uh, there's about like 30 running backs in, an, in a given draft class that if you get them in the right scheme, they can play well because running back position is expendable. But more importantly, when you have a good offensive scheme, you can get around it. Uh, just think about what the Niners do. Niners like Jordan Mason, uh, Jeff Wilson before they traded him, Raheem Mostert before he left, uh, Matt Breida a couple of years ago. Like guys like Shanahan, you throw them a running back and they say, okay, I'm good. Let's make it happen. So, you know, now if I'm, if I'm picking one, the idea of Tajay Spears in a Saints uniform is pretty damn cool. Like Tulane to the Saints, that's kind of awesome. Uh, but I don't have a preference because I'm sure I'll build one. I'll build like a top five, top six as we get closer to the draft. But I think there's a lot of good running backs and each one does something so different. Like I watch Jameer Gibbs. Sometimes he looks like a, a, a younger Alvin Kamara. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't know what good head coach, first-year head coach or head coach wanted to prove themselves would want to come on a team that does poorly in free agency and has the player dilemmas we have. Yeah, I mean, look, I think someone would take it because there's only 30. I almost went 32 with just three. There's 32 of these jobs. I'm losing my mind right now. And I think that someone would take it. But there are concerns with the Saints job, but there are concerns with almost every job that's opened up. Like I said, Broncos, you need to convince yourself you can fix Russell Wilson. Panthers, you need to convince yourself that you could turn that team around in two years, three years, something that rule could not do. Colts, you need to convince yourself that that owner is not acting irrationally, which is tough to convince yourself after they spent this entire season behaving like a baby. Impulsive decision after impulsive decision after impulsive decision. Matt Ryan's in, Matt Ryan's out. Snip, snap, snip, snap, Michael Scott all over again. That's what they did. So I think all the jobs right now that are going to be vacant have major concerns. If the Cardinals get rid of Cliff Kingsbury, like I said, Kyler's hurt. Kyler has concerns, according to people in the locker room. They don't have a very good roster in terms of age. J.J. Watt was one of their best players. Now he's retiring. DeAndre Hopkins, he's not getting any younger. They didn't exactly draft particularly well. So I agree with you. The Saints have flaws, but I think a lot of people got flaws when it comes to these jobs. Great stuff, man. Thanks for the stream. Oh, I, I appreciate it. So we're going to do... Five more minutes, and then we're going to wrap it up. So the best questions you got, five more minutes on our final post-game live stream of the 2022 season. Hit me with whatever you guys want to get at, and let's go. Five minutes, so we're going to wrap it up at 4... Ooh, 4.20, sounds good. 4.20, 4.21-ish, that's where we're going to wrap it up. So let's get into what you guys got, and we'll try and go through this fast. Margaret says, I wonder what's going to happen to Camaro with the charges. Do you think we'll get a year a year suspension? Uh, I don't think he'll get a long suspension. Uh, I think people said four to six is the ballpark. So six would probably be long. So I correct myself. But if he gets like three to four, that'd be great in terms of not detrimental. But also, that's why they need a running back, right? It's not just Alvin's getting older and they don't have an RB2. Like Alvin could miss a couple of games next year. But I kind of expect him to get suspended if his charges and everything don't get dropped. If everything gets dropped, they have they really can't suspend him. I mean, they could because it's the NFL, but... Lattimore's situation, a little bit different, of course. Remember, everything got dropped and dismissed, and Lattimore didn't get suspended. So I, I think that we'll just have to wait and see. But I could see him getting suspended. It, it definitely is possible. What percentage of our defense will stay? So I don't – percentage, I'm going to have to do some math here. It's going to hurt my brain. But Tyra Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore, Elante Taylor, Cam Jordan, Pete Werner, Demario Davis. I'm at six right now. Probably Peyton Turner. I would say like a decent percentage of their defense will stay. Guys that I think should be on the cusp of maybe leaving. 
you think about cutting Marcus May. You, you need to get two new defensive tackles, so that'd be two new ones. I think Anyamata will be gone, in my opinion. He played well today, though. They need to get better at D-line. Cornerback, I think you're good at cornerback. Could you lose? Can you use another slot guy? I think you can consider getting a vet slot. Probably won't cost you much, though. Um, but I think defensive end and defensive tackle, that's where the Saints got to invest. So I'll say like probably 65, 70% of the defense might be back. But they definitely got to get the changes you'll see. They got to be in the trenches. They got it. Who's the next offense coordinator? Man, I wish I could sit here and tell you, but I, I haven't even put a list together. But that's a great thing. So now I'm going to consider that. When I go, you know, on Monday, sulking over 7 and 10, I'm going to start thinking about OC. So I will get back to you. So do not forget that question. I know I won't, and I'll get back to you. Cowboys are losing 13 nothing to Washington. Could Peyton end up there? Um, if so, what's their picks? Well, they own all their picks this year. And this is where I'd say Cowboys enter the sweepstakes. I think the Cowboys would le- need to lose to the Bucks. If the Cowboys lose to the Bucks in the wild card round, there is no way in hell Jerry Jones is not going to say, fired, 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 get everyone out because Jerry Jones wants to win badly. And this team is going to yet again win 12-plus games if they get bounced out and don't get a single playoff win in two years, despite winning 12-plus games in each of those two seasons, I don't see how you don't make a coaching change, especially when you're Jerry Jones. So, uh, yeah, they would. I would think they'd enter the sweepstakes, but do they overpay? And if they do, then, yeah, you put them towards the top of the list. But we'll see if that happens. Think if the Saints paid Sean 20, 25 mil, he would simply come back? Um, I think he would look around, and if he didn't love anything out there, then, yeah, I think he would. But... I, I don't think it's all just about the money. Money's going to play factor, but I don't think it's all about the money. Do we trade for Justin Fields since Bear got the, num- the Bears got the number one pick? I think you, you would be foolish to not call. I just don't think they get Justin Fields. But you'd be foolish to not call. You should ap- The Saints should be calling every team that has an uncertain quarterback situation or a young quarterback that hasn't really been able to shine yet and see what the asking price is, except for Zach Wilson. That's where I draw the line. But other than that, they should call. See what's up. Be honest, what are the chances of Sean Payton returning? I don't think very high. I would go 5%. That's, I'll do 5%. What three crazy predictions do you have for the Saints offseason? So I'll say it's not crazy, but I say the Saints fire P. Carmichael, or they say P. Carmichael stepped down, whatever. He'll be gone. I expect P. Carmichael to be gone. I think the Saints are going to get – we're going to go crazy? Okay, I will say Saints get Derek Carr at quarterback. And then third thing – I'm going to say the Saints. Oh, let's see. I'll say the Saints draft Bijan Robinson. And I, the reason I say that's crazy is you might have to draft Bijan Robinson either at the top of the second or the end of the first. And I'm going to say the Saints go after a running back. And I don't, I'm not, again, I'm just going off the top. Whatever came out of my head, I just threw it out there. But yeah, I'll go with those three as my, my predictions for now. You know, that, that's where I'm kind of at. What would be your wild guess record prediction next year without knowing anything? Oh, my Lord. That is tough. I'm going to go. I don't think the South's going to be bad again. Let's go. Let's try to get eight and nine. I'll go eight and nine. I'll say eight and nine. I don't love that number. I think that would be terrible. But again, you're telling me to guess right now, right? Without us knowing anything. If I think the roster gets better, if I think they make changes to their staff, my opinion will probably change. But until then. 89, 7, and 10. They're, they're probably the same team. They're probably the same team, you know? 
See, so what if you guys said five and twelve? Oh my lord, wouldn't that be tough? But hey, five and twelve, does that get you in the Drake May Caleb Williams uh, sweepstakes? Probably not, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. But anyway, guys, that is gonna do it for this final live stream of a post game for the 2022 season. Um, before I wrap it up, I just want to thank you guys. It don't matter if you did it for one week, two weeks, every single week, whoever came in on the live chat and sent comments, sent super chats, whatever it is. Um, I really do appreciate you. It makes my life so much easier. It makes this so much more enjoyable. And I love it. Cause I love to know what you guys think. Like, I don't want to be sitting out here, you know, saying my saints tanks and not hearing anything about what you guys have to say. I love knowing what you guys have to say, whether it's a question, whether it's a prediction, whether it's a comment, whether it's something you disagree with me. Like, I love to be able to have that conversation with you guys. And uh, it was an absolute blast this year. I really do hate that record-wise, this was not the type of season where we were able to come in here and start celebrating and maybe start getting the smoke machine going and, and, and living it up and vibing to Saints wins. But again, really, really, really do thank you guys so much. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I know it's going to be tough having no Saints football till September, but this is going to be a busy off season. I'll have videos throughout. I'll probably do some live streams when crazy things happen, whether the saints get a new quarterback, whether they trade Sean Payton. Uh, but until then guys, I hope you enjoy the kind of the start of this new year. We're still early in January. So I hope you guys have a happy and healthy new year. I hope you guys enjoy this off season, relax, ease your mind from the stress that comes with the saints and yeah, go enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I really appreciate you guys tuning in to the straight up saints podcast, the destination for the who that nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast.